Alternative Radio. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now i'm trying to like relax and then i just hear (laughs) you have the best baby voice I can't, I can't relax. Well, I spend all day fucking listening to it. <laughs> you've never, I mean, you've never had to do this, but if you're a parent and, and you're one of our patrons listening, like, have you ever had your kid just like nonstop crying for literally no reason? You've tried everything and they don't stop. So you just stare them straight in the face and you just start mimicking their cry right back at them. It confuses the fuck out of them. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> did it to my kid and a look on his face was like what? yo man it's like whoa what's going that's, on here that's my that's, that's my language yeah. for my people what the fuck are you doing <laughs> he's just trying to that's, he's just trying to talk to you it's misappropriation of my baby culture you fuck <laughs> welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show Welcome to Super Movie Bros. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. I should get that trademarked, like uh, like 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 Michael Buffer has. Let's get ready to. We don't want to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> no, please. We don't need that. This is our What Are You Watching episode, but it's a little different this time. Normally, uh, with our new format, me and Jay would save like a big review mm. for its own episode. So we will be reviewing Godzilla versus Kong. But we already have another episode in the bag. We got we we didn't really watch much else this week. We got a few things to talk about. Sure. Jay's got a review for Crisis. Uh, he also has a review for Bob Odenkirk in Nobody, mm-hmm. which uh, is being touted as the John Wick Slayer. And then I have a, a, a brief review for Bad Trip with Eric Andre on Netflix. And then that's it. Then we're going to get right into Godzilla versus Kong. So we're going to old school review way. Uh, we're going to we're going to dive into it. We're going to talk about it cryptically without giving anything away. No spoilers. And then we're going to pound that spoiler button. You're going to hear the spoiler sound. And then it's a free-for-all from there. But let's not delay too long. Let's get right into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Always watching. No, no, no. Go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. 
All right, Jay, since you watched a little bit more than I have, being as you are uh, currently quarantining yourself, Jay's Jay's just a little under the weather, uh, so he's taking extra precautions and not coming over my house, mm-hmm. uh, which means that's really the only time he gets out of his house, and it's really <laughs> the only time I get any type of social interaction, so we're, we're both just men alone on islands right now. We are. <laughs> we are, indeed. We, 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 we got coconuts tied to strings, and we're just like kind of like holding them up to our ears and like talking to ourselves like we're fucking little boys. Uh, talking to our friend in the fucking treehouse, but <laughs> uh, so since Jay can't go out, he's just kind of been chilling, watching some movies, man. So uh, let's get it started off with uh, some of the smaller stuff. Why, why don't you tell us about Crisis? Yeah, so Crisis um, is a film that I've I've been you know slightly tracking over the years. Uh, this was written and directed by Nicholas Jarecki, who is a filmmaker who has previously done The Informers. Uh, which wasn't that good in 2008, but then he followed it up with a great arbitrage in 2012 that starred Richard Gere, and I really, really enjoyed that movie. Now, the first time you told me arbitrage, it was actually right around the same time that uh, we were we were talking about uh, what's that movie with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, where they're on like the lighthouse island. Oh yes, uh, the lighthouse. <laughs> the lighthouse. Okay. Yeah. Go figure. Uh, so <laughs> it was right around the same time that you and I were talking about the lighthouse, and you said arbitrage, and I thought you said albatross, and I was like, "What the fuck is up with Jay and seabirds?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, "This dude's got a real thing this, for seabirds." Like, I don't fucking get it. <laughs> this was just like one of those like those movies that you know. I, I, it's just a guilty, it's like, I don't want to say a guilty pleasure. It's, it's a good film. It's a good little taut film. And it's just a star making lead performance, tension building thriller. And he comes back with this ensemble, great ensemble, um, tackling three different stories kind of intertwined without them even knowing it about, the um, I really the like world. the way that you describe movies as like a Tinder date. <laughs> it's, it's a nice. Uh, she had a nice ensemble, man. Yeah. It was it was it was a real tight package. It was, she was really tight. It was taut. Taut. <laughs> I had a good time. Taut. Yeah, I had a good time. I'm not gonna call her again though. And <laughs> and, uh, and it follows you know the the opioid um, opioid uh, 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 epidemic really and, and it, it, about the fucking cartel and, and the fentanyl smuggling operations going on and um, this oxycontin addiction that some people have in characters within um, the story intertwined and I'm not gonna lie there is there's a bottle of oxycontin sitting in my um is there there's a bottle of oxy sitting in my sitting in my medicine cabinet yeah, Lauren refused to take it good good yeah after her after her surgery and I was like good do I just dump this? And then, of course, I just watched Sea Spiracy last week, and like, apparently, uh, prescription drugs getting into water is a bad thing too. So I was like, "What do I do with this stuff? Sell it, of course." Exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll be posting the Super Movie Bros hotline. We know plenty of people <laughs> in this week's we can episode sell that description. Too. So if you'd like some oxy, <laughs> hit us up. On, hit us up on the hotline. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. but, but this 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 is a classic case of a half-baked film with too many characters and too many different story threads that it didn't it lost its way it lost its focus and Uh, so like syriana crash and any other movie in that type of vein essentially essentially gotcha yes and and they they were really hot in the mid in in early and mid aughts and then uh 
and then and then I just I go tired of them. I just couldn't fucking stand movies yeah, like that and, anymore. And it's fine, you know. It's fine. It, it means well. Uh, that's you know. But again, it's just like I just said. It literally was just bloated and had way too many different stories, way too many different characters, and essentially, inevitably, it becomes a half-baked film with um, all these different ideas, but nothing really to show for it at the end. So it was a little underwhelming, um, but, you know, again, I think it still, for the most part, shows promise for this filmmaker because I think he does have his heart in the right place and he's got good ideas. He just needs to uh, get some, a little bit better luck. Now, now in this ensemble cast, you, you also mentioned that Army Hammer's in it, correct? Uh, yeah, so that might be another possibility of why this sort of got buried and kind of put yeah. into streaming right away. Not streaming, That's but exactly like on That's exactly what demand. I was thinking. And, you know, this is, you know, he's one of the main lead guys. He's like a, you know, one of the main detectives, uh, undercover agents. And there obviously can't be any awards buzz around anything right. that Army Hammer is in yeah. right now. But I mean, you have like uh, Gary Oldman, Evangeline Lely, you know, Greg Kinnear, Luke Evans, you know, there's a lot of, cast. there's a lot like of, good, there's a lot of good people in it. Um, it's just, like I said, it's it just, you know, it's just missed, missed its ball. You know, it, yeah, it's just I, unfortunate. I know that this is available uh, streaming now. You can rent it. Um, I've passed it a few times on my video on demand. And honestly, I just saw I just saw the name Crisis. And I, I, I it's not anything that I wanted to like go read. I guess the real crisis is if you're a woman uh, alone with Army Hammer and he's going to get them toes. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I will eat your toes. Well, I'll get them toes. Them off. Now she's in crisis. Yeah, he's gonna put some <laughs> butter in the pan, saute that shit, and smoke <laughs> out the place, just like Super Movie Bro Jay would. Yeah, uh, well, just like not Jay with the toes, steak. but with cooking but, uh, steak. No. <laughs> so, so, so there's a brief little little indie corner synopsis for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> the real crisis is a woman alone <laughs> with Army Hammer. Um, but no, so like, I, I honestly, and, and like, it was just not anything that I really thought that I would be interested in based on name and yeah, photo alone. And I it. don't it's think not, you I, would. I literally didn't hear of it until you talked about it. And like I said, you know, I I, I don't want to, you know. St- go too much into it because like like i said there's it'll get into spoilers but there is just too many different story threads intertwined within all these different characters and the yes they somewhat kind of merge and they you know have some kind of cause and effect at times but ultimately it's just doesn't sing because it's half-baked it's not fully gotcha. fleshed out and it, it's not fulfilling you're not emotionally tied to any characters all or right. not enough at least Fair enough. So before we before we get into bad trip, um, I I did watch a doc. Um, first off, I did I did watch QAnon. I've decided that I'm not going to talk about it uh, much. Um, I mean, I'm enjoying the the Q documentary that is on HBO Max, but I understand that it's acquired taste. Really, I'm watching it and I'm laughing at it. Just the people who who believe in Q and and all this stuff and the conspiracy behind it. Uh, it's fun for me to like watch that and 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 like and believe me, I'm a conspiracy theorist guy. Like I yeah you know, I I believe in aliens and ghosts and all other manner of fucking shit and CIA you know 
wet ops and all that stuff. But for some reason, I just find it hard to believe that Q is not someone just trolling the entire world. That's that's my opinion on it. So I like watching the documentary, but there's really not much to talk about because I think like the subject matter is too polarizing to really talk about on this show. So I'm not. Other than that, if you're interested in Q and the Hugh and the whole QAnon conspiracy, there I've watched episodes one through four. I'm happy to talk to people in DMs and stuff about it, but I'm not really going to talk about it much on the show because, like I said, it's a documentary that's of an acquired taste. Mm. Uh, now, I did watch another documentary on HBO Max it's called The Last Ship. Now, The Last Ship is following the Princess Cruise Liner, which was docked off the shores of Japan for over two weeks, I think it was, with uh, it, people infected with coronavirus on it. Um, so this ship sailed from Japan, kind of went around the South Pacific and stuff, and then returned to Japan. Uh, and by the time they had returned, coronavirus was already present on the ship, so they quarantined the ship. Um, this is like early days of pandemic, like long before anyone in America was even worried about coronavirus. I think they even mentioned a documentary. There were only five known cases in the country at that point in the United States. Wow. Uh, so, so like this was this was kind of like this weird like little looky loo thing that was going on over there. You know what I mean? Even though there was Americans on the ship, but it is really interesting just to see where like the the, the entire world's headspace was uh, during the beginning of this entire pandemic. Because like you have to put yourself in the mindset that like they didn't know what we know now. Then, even though governments knew, even though you know CDC and and World Health Organizations and 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 things like that, even though they knew. The, the world as a whole did not know what was really going on and the amount of misinformation that was being fed to passengers, that was being fed to crew members. Um, you know, they, they didn't even know at this time that people could be asymptomatic. They couldn't figure out why the crew was living in such close quarters with one another, working together, and why some were getting sick and other ones were just going about their day like it was fucking nothing wrong. I don't want to get sick. I don't want any of us getting sick. But you two fucking fuckers insist on touching her so you two can fucking rot but not me no fucking way not me there was also like this this level of fear that was going on amongst the ship where like if you were diagnosed and you admitted that you were diagnosed some some people were just being taken off the ship where were they going were they getting bullets in the back of their fucking head who knew and like the, the rumors that were swirling that like the that like the Japanese government or or some other government was going to send a sub to fucking sink the boat just to get rid of all the people that were on it and the coronavirus that that was that had been spread on it. It's it's interesting and it's short. It's like a forty four minute documentary, and it's just really interesting to go back to that time when we didn't know shit and we didn't know how to react to a pandemic like this. Some would say that 90% of America still doesn't know shit and still doesn't react to the pandemic in a proper way. But sure. it's interesting to go back then and see and see how it was then. Most of it is is shot on on cell phone cameras from people who were on the ship or personal cameras from people who were on the ship. And and really the only intrusion on the doc from the documentary itself is news footage and they kind of like put up blips on the screen where it's like you know, this is what was going on at this time. They've been, you know, they've been at sea for 19 days and 37 people are, are, are infected and stuff like that. So it just, it, it, it's not like it's, it's overly narrated by anybody. It's kind of just by the people who personally documented it at that time. Hmm. So I found it interesting. I found it as, as a nice brief watch and it was kind of like, it was weird to be like, huh, it's almost comforting to see how chaotic it was then. And then be like, well, 
at least we know, like, at least I personally know how to keep myself safe at this point. Whereas then watching something like that, you know, I literally thought I, I was having flashbacks to the old Resident Evil game, uh, Resident Evil Revelations, where you're on a cruise ship <laughs> where a pandemic kind of breaks down and people turn into zombies. So. <laughs> Uh, so I just wanted to touch on that briefly um, before before I jumped into to my next review. Uh, Jay still has nobody to talk about, but uh, another short one that I want to talk about is I watched Bad Trip mm. on Netflix. Ah. It's finally time for that road trip. I'm talking. Man, wow, sweet. Yeah. Shouldn't have taken my sister's car, man. She's crazy. She will kill us. Keep your mouth shut. Snitches get stitches. If the squad ain't with me, then it ain't right. We got four whole days. We can kick back, relax, and breathe in America. We are the only black people in here. Black to make it What are you doing up there? Get down from I love there. you up here. Come on, come on, come on, get up. I came up, came up. What is this? The zoo? Come on, man, you know I love zoos. I'm gonna get a selfie with the gorilla. No. So Bad Trip uh, came out over the weekend on Netflix and this uh, it's not I didn't see whether it was a Dick House production or not I don't think it is a straight up Dick House production Dick House is the production company uh, that was behind basically it spawned off of Big Brother magazine and it ultimately became Jackass and a bunch of other shows that are spinoffs of Jackass and has gone on to do other types of shows of similar vein uh, like Loiter Squad and stuff like that but Jeff Tremaine who essentially is dick house uh is a producer on bad trip and bad trip stars eric andre little rel howery uh and you guys may remember him as the best friend from get out essentially ah yes (laughs) the the funny guy in get out and tiffany haddish and the 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 entire premise of the show uh, of this movie is that you know they are Essentially, they have a plot of a movie. They wrote a script and they filmed all the scenes as if they were filming a movie, but they didn't tell the extras that they were in a movie. <laughs> so, like, there's a scene. It, it, it kind of like starts off with Eric Andre being late for work. So he runs and he does the whole uh, Ferris Bueller thing. Except all the people he interacts with are real live people that later had to sign a contract to allow their face to be shown. Where like he busts through a glass window of a woman who's like cleaning a house, and she freaks out because someone just literally broke into the house that she's cleaning. And he trips over a trash can and and knocks it into a woman, and then you know gets up and opens up the door for her and stuff like that it's it is a lot of physical comedy but the the real comedy behind it is that the people who who they're reacting with have no idea that they're in a movie and it, it so it's kind of like bad grandpa in that way uh so if like if you're a fan of of the jackass you know movies if you're a fan of eric andre if you're a fan of of of, of this type of of physical mm-hmm. comedy 
it's right up your fucking alley. I found myself cracking up several times. Uh, there's there's a time where Eric Andre is in a zoo. They set up an entire zoo for people to come into. Eric Andre sneaks into the quote unquote gorilla enclosure, and uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but he is sexually assaulted by a gorilla that gives him a facial finish. <laughs> 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 Uh, and the people's reactions to shit like this is just fucking hilarious but like in my mind i know who eric andre is i know who tiffany haddish is like if i had tiffany haddish in my face screaming like have you seen these two motherfuckers they stole my motherfucking car do you know who they are have you seen them and like being real indignant with me i'd be like are you Tiffany Haddish? But like no one does that. And 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 to be fair, I've never been in that position. So maybe that's not how I would react. Maybe I'd just be like, man, this crazy woman really looks a lot like Tiffany Haddish with cornrows and wearing a convict outfit. <laughs> but clearly it's not because it's a crazy woman with tattoos on her face and a convict outfit who isn't Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> But I, I, I wound up it, – it's it's a nice way to, like, spend – I think it's, like, 95 minutes. Like, it's it's just a real nice way to to spend that time. It's on Good Netflix. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a fun time. I especially think, like, this is the type of movie that, like, if you're, if you're drunk, if it's late, <laughs> if you got nothing else, um, it, it's, it's, it's a breezy watch, and it'll give you a few yucks. Um, and it's just, it's just worth it. it it's, it's just worth it to, for it to be there for you on Netflix. I'm sorry. I, I said 95 minutes. I'm extending its runtime by nine minutes. It's 86 minutes. It's a fucking breeze. Sweet. Good. So uh, I, I, I enjoyed my time with it. So I, I also, I really like Eric Andre. I used to watch the Eric Andre show on Adult Swim. So, uh, you know, be warned if that's not like your type of humor. If you already know that, this isn't for you. But if you if you do get down with with some of the more outlandish type of comedy that Eric Andre is associated with, then it's a hundred percent for you. And if you're a fan of Tiffany Haddish, she's on point in this movie. I fucking love her in this movie. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of praise for Eric Andre's comedy in this movie. I think Tiffany Haddish is the fucking funniest person in this entire movie. There's, she's talking to a cop at one point and she keeps going like, damn, you're handsome as hell. <laughs> like hitting on him. And the cop obviously doesn't know he's in a movie. So <laughs> right. His reactions are fucking golden, and her uh, reactions good. to him are gold. So uh, I, I encourage you. I think it's you definitely if, worth the watch, just the, uh, the curiosity alone for something 100%, different. You know? 100%. It's definitely worth yeah. definitely worth the watch for you. All right, Jay. Uh, that's it. That's that's what I got down to watching. Me and you, will we will reconvene for Godzilla versus Kong. But before we do that, man, you got to see one of the movies that I've been most excited for since you shared the trailer with me uh, several several months ago. Bob Odenkirk trying to dethrone Keanu Reeves with nobody. So they took maybe 20 bucks and an old watch? Mr. Madsen, would you even take a swing? No. Could have taken her, Dad. Heard you had some excitement last night. I wish they'd have picked my place, you know? Why didn't you take him out? I was just trying to keep the damage to a minimum. 
Yeah, how's that working out for you? You okay? Because you don't look okay. There's a long dormant piece of me that so very badly wants out. What are you still doing here, old man? I'm gonna fuck you up. Yes. Um, this one, if you guys recall, I was a little bit more on the fence with this trailer. I knew that this could go either one way or the other. Um, and this one miraculously found its perfect little weird niche footing. Like it, it, it had this tone and it had his finger perfectly right on that tone. And it's hard to, you know, to fully explain it or describe it because it's definitely not near uh, to the John Wick type level. Right. But, but, but now, now do you think, do you think you bought it? Because as you and I were talking pre-roll, we watched like that brief documentary of Bob Odenkirk really getting into this role. Like he, he, he jokingly says, you know, I was a comedic writer for television and movies for years. I've been a comedian on TV. Um, I, I mostly play comedic roles. I've never worked out a day in my life, but I'm I'm into it now. I'm into eating healthy. I'm into working out and I want to do more movies like this. Do you think like I, that it, translated to him in the role? The fact that he fell in love with, with doing well, something like this? What 100% is as far as you had to buy it because this is the tricky thing about this movie and the whole story. Really? It's about a little bit about masculinity and, and like finding yourself again after, you know, being, um, so okay, let's just start it off right away. Well, the am, story, am I wrong to say I got a history of violence type vibes from it? I mean, just yes, sort of, sort okay. of. So it's essentially a fluke thing. He his his family home was burglarized in, in the fucking middle of the night. He decides to not be aggressive and fight them and let them go, you know, and 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 how that kind of transpired was a little bit um, emasculating to him. And because of you can see boiling under the surface that he used to be something in the past, you don't know what. And you just see this monotonous day after day after day. He's just like so bored and so fucking tired of life and life's just shitting, you know, giving him shit after shit after shit. And, you know, one night he's just, he just fucking leaves and he's out, he, he's trying to find out, you know, where these fucking burglars are and fuck them up, finds out, you know, something happened with them and whatever, moves on, he's at this bus and he finds these fucking, you know, thug boys out for a night out of town, goes on to the bus. Ne Ne'er-do-wells. And he finds his perfect reason to fuck guys up. And he does. And at the same time, he gets fucked up himself. And he, um, you know, unwillingly actually kills one of them. One doesn't survive in the hospital, put it that way. And um, he was a relative to this big Russian mobster guy. And this is where it kind of goes a little wonky because the villain isn't that strong. He's kind of like a flamboyant, weird, like karaoke singing club like nut job Russian villain and is essentially just trying to kill him for revenge for killing his, you know, nephew or something like that, you know? 
and it's just it's just bonkers how things just unravel from there. However, the great thing about this is is it's fun. It's tight. It's a tight script. It's a tight film. It's really well shot and directed and choreographed with all the stunts. And they really ground it into that sense of reality where you can see, you know, he's getting fucked up too. But he has the smarts and he has the the experience from his past. And I don't want to give anything away um, to, to, to be able to fight and win and, you know, outsmart them and out, out fight them. Um, it's, it's just a cool, it's just a cool little film. Don't over hype it. You don't get too ramped up going into it. it it's just, it, you're going to enjoy yourself. I think you will. Um, I, just I, I think clearly like this, this movie kind of like lives and dies in the believability of whether Bob Odenkirk can fuck somebody up. And surprisingly you buy it. You do. Yeah. Okay. okay. And, and, and it's just, it's surprising that they're able to pull that off. And I think it's because they really carefully, constructed the story but also two years of prep for these stunts was a big part of it as well i mean like i was sold on this movie like from the from the trailer from the onset like i really like the idea of like you know being emasculated and stuff like that not (laughs) not saying i'm like a cuckold or anything like that but 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 what i mean is like i like that idea of like like a plot point like in this story right because i think like we've all felt that way it's 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 almost like that 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 moment where like someone's in your face and they say something either really insulting to you or Mm. just or 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 they're just unnecessarily mean to you and you come up with the perfect comeback like 24 hours later (laughs) essentially bob odenkirk is is a man with a particular set of skills who didn't act at the time because he's like i haven't done this in so long why even bother now and then like he's like he he had the perfect retort and it just comes the next day and he's like i want to fuck him up and it comes from from a moment of like these people who are essentially like shitting on him where it's like man if that guy came in my house i would have gotten out my gat i would have went blah 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 you know, like uh, it's like that. But would you have? Like, would you have? Or you? Or you? Like, who really would have acted? You know, when someone's breaking in your house, you're just gonna fucking sit pretzel. You're gonna let them fucking take what they want. And you're gonna beg them not to kill you. That's what you're gonna do. I'm actually a complete coward. If I ever saw a gun, I don't. Oh, no, no, please don't, 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 don't kill me. I'm nothing. I have to lie to women to get laid, and, and, and I don't score much. I got a little dick. It's pathetic. But he's a someone who who doesn't have to do that if he doesn't want to, and he chose to do that, and it made him feel in a way that was inferior, and he decided to to take back that aspect of himself to make himself feel like like a big man. Yeah, and 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 you know, it's really fun to see um you know christopher lloyd in this um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of nice little surprise cameos there's a lot of you know eh, not a lot but like you know it's it's a tight film and it comes together in a lot of fun different ways and you can see the potential of a follow-up which is kind of exciting and, yeah, that, um, that, that that was my next question. My next question is like, does this continue on, or like it could. when it continues it on, could. It does it could. escalate? Like, does this continue on? Does it does it escalate into the 
like level that John Wick has escalated, where it kind of becomes no. like this whole globe trotting thing, or does it just kind no. of like stay like this almost Another like Punisher level? Like I'm going to clean up yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, like like yeah, th- this I, Punisher level like clean up my neighborhood type thing, but like stay local, stay close, stay right intimate. It, yeah, yeah, it doesn't rev up more and more and more and bigger and bigger like a John Wick thing where the whole world's out for him, you know, kind of thing. Good. Yeah. Cause I know like the whole idea is like he was a former mob enforcer, right? Or like I, I'm he, not, he had s- I, I don't know some ties to the mafia. I'll put it. No, 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 nothing like that. It's more of, he was the hush, hush hitman for all the three initialed agencies out there in the world. You know, gotcha. Okay, so right. so governmental. They do get into governmental, that in the trailer, so you're not you're not spoiling things. Yeah, by saying I guess that. so. It's not mob. It's governmental. Put it that way. So, gotcha. Maz, gotcha. Same thing, right? <laughs> so like so so like at any point in this movie, does 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 his actions now come on their radar? Like is he now back on their radar? As someone who's like um, active. It gets them out of trouble. <laughs> Put okay. it that way. That's um, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I, fair I, enough. you know, it, it's it. It doesn't really dive into the political stuff. It's really gotcha. just a simple linear f- story of him just trying to survive the Russians trying to kill him for revenge. Man, I'm I'm gonna, um, I'm, gonna I'm really jealous. I'm remiss that I didn't get to see this. It's currently only in theaters because this is a Universal movie uh, and Universal. We did a news story on it. Signed an exclusive deal with the with the theaters, uh, specifically AMC theaters, that they would only that, that they would release their movies for. I believe it was like fourteen or seventeen days or something like that, and, and it would have to show in the theaters for that for for a certain number of days before it could go to streaming. Uh, and I believe that that deal uh, that for this movie would be up on April sixteenth. So I'll be able to watch this movie in. Essentially, two more weeks, I'll be able to watch this movie, um, and I'll be able to watch it at home. It'll probably be at a nineteen ninety nine price point, and I won't have to go to the theaters because, like I said, you know, we talked about a few times, baby at home, pandemic outside, still mm-hmm. don't want to don't want to bring can't that mess, stuff. Yeah, in you just can't unnecessarily. You can't, yeah, you can't do it. You just can't. Exactly. So, like, that's why things like you know Godzilla versus Kong are perfect for me because I get to watch them from home and stuff. And I really wish I I, I could watch this at home, but you know I'm just I'm just gonna have to wait the two more weeks. Um, but Jay, do you have a score for it, man? Should people be excited? Uh, B plus. Uh, should, should people? Yep. B plus. Yeah. All right. Cool. So that that's like theater worthy. Like people should get out there and like go check it out. Yeah. No, I think it's 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 yeah, it's worth checking out. I mean if you if yeah. you're able to go to the theater and you feel comfortable, please go for it. Um, enjoy yourself. Um, you know, you know me, my impression on spending, you know, twenty, thirty dollars for these theater rentals at home. I struggle with that. I don't I, I don't know. I can't I don't want to put my name behind justifying if I if I think it's uh I understand worth it or not. But uh, cause I, I don't know how to judge that cause I've been pretty much paying but you'll pay 14, nothing. but you'll pay 1499 a month for it. Yeah. Cause I've been doing that for the last like what? Four years now? Three years? No, I meant 1499 a month for HBO max. Oh, not, not just your AMC a list. Sure. <laughs> how could I forget? 
How could you forget? Shame on you, sir. Uh, I'm just not willing to risk it for it. Like, even if you told me like this is an A plus movie, like I have to see it, I probably still wouldn't be willing to risk it. But um, there, there is no hard date that that April 16th is the date that this will come to streaming. That's just people's best guess based on Universal's deal with the theater system. I, I do hear that this is doing pretty well in the theaters. However, it's not like it's not setting the world on fire in the it's theaters. Good word either. of mouth, and I think. Yeah. You know, because it is such a small film, um, I think it's just going to be all profit. And I think right. as word of mouth trickles out and it gets into the homes, but, I think it's going on, to. I think it's, it's going it's to stream like, really well and rent really well. I was just say, yeah, it's it, it's not like theater required viewing. Exactly, like, it's not like the next it's movie we're going to talk not. about. Godzilla versus Kong. I kind of wish I saw in the theater. I agree. Yeah, you know, I agree. We're going to be reviewing it from home, but I still think like I and I'm not one to normally say this, but like I, I think I lost a little bit being at home and and, and yeah, having a baby. And I, agree. Where I couldn't and, and, turn the speakers all the way was, up. I couldn't. Sure. And even for me, who who you know, this isn't my kind of film. Um, the only real reason I didn't go to the theater and see it is because I'm still under the weather. So and I didn't want Fair to enough. go out there and and. Um, and and risk anything so I'll, you know let's do it man let's get into our review of godzilla versus kong we need kong the world needs him to stop what's coming It's Godzilla. Yeah. These are dangerous times. Godzilla's out there and he's hurting people and we don't know why. Yeah. There's something provoking him that we're not seeing here. I'm of the same opinion. I keep reaching for greatness because I'm built from it. Who bows to who? Nobody gonna stop for me. Kong bows to no one. RJ wrote a kind of like brief synopsis for it. it. As much of a synopsis as you could write for this plot, I've done. <laughs> <laughs> so the moment that everyone suffered through the two and a half hour slog that was Godzilla King of Monsters 4 has arrived. Two titans birthed from the womb of Earth's hollow center finally come face to face and fight for dominance for who truly is the most powerful. Kong is kidnapped by vampire Eric and forced into a hole in the snow while Godzilla circles the seas searching for his next fight. Honestly, why am I bothering to break down this story for anybody? Godzilla just can't stand not being number one. And he wants to fight Kong because Kong challenges that status quo. Enough said, plot over. Anything else in the story is just complete exposition bullshit. We all came to see a fight. Godzilla versus Kong. It doesn't even have a three-act structure. It has a three-round structure. So the question is, was the main event worth the price of a ticket? Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. Uh, Jay, what do you think? Do you think that, uh, that, that you know, Godzilla versus Kong what, is, is worth it to see in the theaters? Do you think it's something that, like, you know, having watched if it at you're home gonna, should... If you want to see this movie, I think you should see it in the theaters. Um, 
it, it, I think you'll enjoy it more. I, I think I think you'll definitely enjoy it more. I'll put it that way. Gotcha. Um, if you see it in theaters, because it's that kind of movie, and it is so visually well done and beautiful and shot and everything like that. So I'll say this: Godzilla versus Kong. Listen to all of our complaints, the collective complaints of people for Godzilla King of Monsters, where we were like, what is up with this fucking plot heavy bullshit and the the nonsensical story of these people who are quote unquote trying to help Godzilla essentially. Uh, and, and like that was all plot heavy bullshit and none of us needed that. We're all here to see one thing, fucking Kaiju, Godzilla, fighting another fucking big monster stop giving me this other bullshit and and godzilla versus kong heard that complaint and went you're right everything that a human does in this movie doesn't fucking matter in fact you'll question everything that every human does in this movie all of the <laughs> logic that is that's is thrown at you in this movie you'll question it all but you'll forget it the second that a big ape is punching a fucking giant lizard in the face you'll stop caring and it's a hundred percent true there like i i have so many notes of things that like i found completely annoying or stupid or just plain old funny with the plot of this movie or or certain things that characters do some motivations in the movie i have questions about all of it but none of that changes the fact that i put down the phone and stopped taking notes when that final fight started because <laughs> I was like, I'm fucking game, baby. Let's <laughs> see it. A fucking monkey is punching a fucking giant uh, you know, lizard in the face. I'm down. I love this. And, and the CGI was good. It worked. Uh, and, and to be fair to it, as, as ridiculous as the plot Fights is. Fights in Japan, you know, or Tokyo. No, not Japan. No, not Japan. You wish it was Tokyo because that would make sense because that's where Godzilla got right. to start with the Ultra Host Studios. I thought Studios. it was. What, 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 it's Hong Kong. That was Hong Kong? Okay. Because this movie will play super well in China, and China is where we get our money these days. So, sorry. <laughs> that's where we get our money for movies. That's where our movies are going to take place, <laughs> whether you want them to or not, wh- whether it makes sense for them to or not. Clearly, this movie should have taken place, at, like like the final fight should have been in either New York, because that's where Kong went when he fell off of uh, the Empire State Building, or it should have taken place in, in Tokyo, where every other Godzilla movie prior to this series has taken place all the political stuff that 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 uh, that we were just talking about aside all of the you know all of the plot heavy bullshit aside this movie builds on what came before it pretty fucking well we learned that there was a hollow earth or at least a theory of a hollow earth way back in kong uh, skull island and and, and they kind of confirmed the hollow earth in godzilla king of monsters with ken watanabe's character uh this time around you know it it's just established the, the the earth is hollow there is no molten core center as we've all been taught in our science classes and our geology classes there it, it, it is hollow i stopped questioning it it was one of my big digs on my review for kong skull island it was a, a little bit of a dig when when uh, when i watched godzilla king of monsters but by this point i don't care i'm fine earth's hollow i don't care if the rock and brendan fraser can go to the center of the earth why can't you know vampire eric alexander skarsgård and and everyone else go to the center of the earth too i don't care at at, at this point i don't care you know we brought back millie bobby brown what is she doing in this movie nothing 
She is literally doing nothing in this movie. I understand her role in, in, in Godzilla King of Monsters. I don't understand her role here. She is literally a plot device to get us inside. Along with her uh, two friends. You know, there's two other characters that are Her new. two annoying it, friends. Yeah, I, yeah, brought into her, you know, her little bubble, I guess you can call it, and that story thread is. Why, instead of following Millie Bobby Brown, why didn't we just follow the villain, right? The, the human villain. You know, right. in, in this movie, we could have just followed him and, and as the head of the Apex Corporation doing what he's doing. We don't want to spoil what he's doing, um, but doing what he's doing. And we could have just made him a character. You didn't need Millie Bobby Brown here at all. And you certainly didn't need the kid from Hunt from the Wilder People. I'll take him because I like oh, his he face. was completely pointless. But he 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 is not funny here. Not at all. M- most of his jokes are completely fucking annoying. The only person who's worth their salt in that group of three between the podcaster uh, and and the kid from Hunt from the Wilder People, and I don't care about him so much. I didn't even bother to IMDb his name or anything for the rest of this review. I don't care. <laughs> and Millie Bobby Brown, they're all pointless. I would have rather have followed the villain to kind of understand his viewpoint and his reasoning for doing what he's doing that's causing Godzilla to kind of attack humanity. Mm-hmm. Because that's the plot of the movie. Godzilla's attacking humanity when previously we learned in Godzilla King of Monsters, he's our fucking savior. He's our giant lizard Jesus. Oh, save me, Jeebus! He's here to, to, to right the wrongs of the world, to reestablish balance. And then all, this movie kind of starts off with him attacking humanity, and, and we're left to wonder why. I know exactly why when they showed me the MacGuffin, but <laughs> very early on in the movie, I was like, oh, that's, that's, that, that's a mechanical eye. I get what they're doing. I get it. I'm with it. I got it. I'm Let's hip. get there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm down with the 411. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but everything that that those characters do in this movie is fucking pointless. We could have just followed Skarsgård. We need Skarsgård and 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 what he's doing in this movie because that's the way we get Kong off of his island. Like Kong, Kong's on Skull Island, and as long as he's on Skull Island, he's protected on Skull Island. You know, Godzilla can't detect him with whatever fucking radar, radar, sonar, satellite technology is inside of Godzilla's head uh, that allows him to detect other monsters. Um, he can't be detected because he's on Skull Island and Skull Island is a giant dome these days so if we didn't have Skarsgård we would never would have gotten Kong off of that island so I understand that plot point I understand the relationship between the little girl and and King Kong because that makes sense we need that to understand Kong better all that stuff makes sense Mm -hmm. but the shit over on the Godzilla end with Apex and Monarch and Millie Bobby Brown none of that shit makes sense in fact Monarch is which was uh, such a massive fucking plot point in Godzilla and in Godzilla King of Monsters is a fucking footnote in this movie Kyle Chandler is a fucking footnote in this movie yeah surprising i know he's here because he was in the other one and that he's was it. bobby brown's dad barely and spoke. that's it and when he spoke it literally was pointless words yeah. easiest paycheck that motherfuckers <laughs> ever fucking made a day in his fucking life he took it all the way to the bank he's super happy that he did all right Jay, uh but and any spoiler free thoughts before we get into i love uh, the little girl film. she was my probably my favorite part of this movie besides the look of the film um, touching extremely touching the only character that worked for me, really. <laughs> it, for, for me, too. And I think it's because she didn't open her mouth and just dump exposition on us. 
But even like the acting, you know, like she, I mean, it was emotional. Like this little girl's like flooding down tears doing the sign language acting along with yeah. this green screen, you know, in front of her. Yeah, it's not spoilers to say the the the, the little girl's deaf, uh, yeah. so sh- so she can't speak. But I mean, Kong is is he's a monkey, he's a gorilla, he's an ape, so he can understand sign language. It just it, minor I, spoiler, I, don't question, I guess, a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, I don't question that. I I know Coco the gorilla can sign like over two hundred words, so I just assume that Kong can do it too. I'm fine with that. Real world logic, I get it. <laughs> And it was adorable, so I go with it. Yeah, I, I I just didn't go with anything on Godzilla's side. I just didn't go with anything from from that side of the universe whatsoever. Which kind of goes into the films where it's like Kong Skull Island. I wasn't in love with it, but I had a good time with it. Godzilla, fine, whatever. Godzilla King of Monsters, ugh, way too long. Yeah, way too it, much. It was way too much plot. There, there, you know, it's, and then you could see how harshly edited this edited this film was. Uh, to keep it tight, and and how bloated it originally was, right. and, and it, An it was hour amazing and to me minutes because I was still was. bored for uh, good chunks of it, and every single time it was all the exposition stuff. And Jake, I was bored with this movie until we were out in the open sea with Kong on the ship, which we've seen in the trailer, right? And that is that was if, fun. Ding ding, round one, <laughs> like the end of Act One is round one, you know. For the fight between these two titans, uh, so like I was bored up until that point, up until we understood the relationship between the little girl and Kong, and up until we started getting into the whole plot of this movie. Um, and and the plot of this movie isn't that deep. It's Godzilla wants to fight Kong because he challenges the status quo, and the bad guy is developing a super weapon that will make Godzilla obsolete. Once these two find out that Martha is their mother's first name, both of them, they're going to team up. <laughs> and if you didn't think that that was going to happen, ridiculous. All right, Jay, do you have a uh, you know do you have any positives uh, real quick? Any highlights that you want to discuss before we get into I, our spoilers? I already I already mentioned them. I mean, it was yeah. it was the girl and the visuals. I thought it was it was really nice, and really well done. A couple close ups were really fantastic of Godzilla and Kong. Um, the fights were okay. Um, you know, I had some fun with it here and there, but um, ultimately it was st- I was still just, and maybe because I was a little under the weather, um, I was just kind of getting fatigued from it, and and ultimately <sighs> it was a disappointing film for me. Fair enough. All right, for for me, a lot of the same positive, uh, a lot of the same positives. I did like the story of the little girl and Kong. Um, I you know I I I did enjoy. The, the visuals in this movie. I also enjoyed the score uh, in this movie, which was done by Junkie XL. Uh, and, I, and I think it just kind of works for just giant monsters punching themselves in the in, in the face. Uh, and I also really enjoyed like the fights. I really enjoyed, you know, just seeing these big two monsters fight each other. I think they did. I did. I, I think they did good fight choreography for these CGI monsters. <laughs> I think they choreographed it well. I, I really enjoyed my time with the movie when that stuff was going on. And I and I when that stuff was going on, I didn't care about the shittiness of this movie, about its plot or about any of the other questionable things that go on in it. I only cared about that moment and what was going on in it. And I think that's all this movie ever really set out to do. You know, I I, I think this movie 
is ex- is exactly what ultimately Adam that's Wingard, what they tried to achieve. Yeah, yeah. I, this is what Adam Wingard wanted. You know, this is what Warner Brothers wanted when they hired him. You know, the the past movies in this series have all been too plot heavy, with the exception of Kong Skull Island, which actually had some positive reviews. And Warner Brothers went, "All right, let's do that." This is more of a sequel to Skull Island than it is a sequel to King of Monsters. So, um, I, I, I think they achieved what they wanted to do and I'm at a B minus for it. I, I, I enjoyed those fights <laughs> enough that like I rewatched it tonight and I had a good time doing it. I was just like, it, it, it's there. It's, it's just them fighting and everything else. Yeah, I'll get through it. And, and that's why my score is so low. Cause a lot of that stuff, a lot of that plot is questionable and, and there's a lot of holes in it, but at the same time. That's not what this movie was made for. This movie was made for a monkey punching a giant lizard with atomic breath in the face. Yeah, I mean, I don't think your score is that low. It's a B minus. Mine's a C minus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yours is a C minus. I get it. This is not for you. And and also, it should be said, Jay watched Skull Island. Uh, he's never seen the original Godzilla movie, and he couldn't get through all of King of Monsters. Is that correct? Correct. I've, yeah, I've so. seen Skull Island, and I couldn't get past 30 minutes of the latest Godzilla. So if I was confused with this plot, having seen all of those movies recently, <laughs> or and, at least and, found, and to be honest, found the plot questionable, you, know, you, were, you were lost at times, essentially. I wasn't really lost. The only thing that made literally, like, literally, literally no sense was the whole human villain angle and the Godzilla angle. Like, that whole side of shit was just so it, it just made absolutely no sense the they try to make sense of the kong angle and as much as it didn't make sense and all that i can kind of still you can still sort of go with the flow of it you know for some yeah, for reason sure. i don't know but you just take that leap of faith if you want to call it that and still you know it just doesn't work it just doesn't work and i i, I like again it, it's just not for me it's not my kind of movie everybody here knows me and knows that's not my cup of tea yeah this is just, and, just um, isn't it for you i get it yeah. but again like i said i was really impressed though with the visuals and i thought it really did look good and you know that was a surprise for me and i you know and i thought the fight scenes were pretty decent and, and you know but ultimately it still didn't warrant much more M- melted your icy heart is what it sure. came to right <laughs> All right, Jay, let's get into our spoilers. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. All right, so first things first, like, there's so many things that, like, I just don't buy in this movie. Like, they go to the center of the earth. They follow Kong to the center of the earth and they have like this special ship that's able to invert grad gravity. And I was like, this is contemporary times. We, we have this stuff. And then I was like, I guess we would maybe if like we lived in a world where we knew a hollow earth existed, maybe our technology would develop that way. I don't know, but I wasn't buying it. Uh, <laughs> I just wasn't buying the whole center of the earth thing. I'm still not buying it. I'm sorry. I just, uh, unless you're going to show me Godzilla, uh, unless you're going to show me Kong and Godzilla going to the center of the earth and they fight a giant Dwayne, the rock Johnson while they're down there. I don't want to go down to the center of the earth. Yeah. You could tell me that it's a concept that exists. I don't want to see it. We see it here in the movie and I, I, I wasn't impressed with it. 
I was just like, okay, you know, and the entire plot of the, the, the first half of the movie is getting Kong to the Antarctic so that he can go into the center of the earth. When previously there was vents and holes to the center of the earth right there on Skull Island. Instead of drilling a hole from Antarctica to the center of the earth, why didn't you just drill the hole on Skull Island? I I, I can only assume because in Antarctica, it's Apex's hole, (laughs) whereas Skull Island is kind of like Monarch's hole. (laughs) It's the only way I can describe it. (laughs) The hole is owned by a different party. Uh, so they follow Kong d- d- down, down there. Uh, and one of the things that like really bothered me was like when he gets down there and I don't want to say it bothered me, but it had me questioning some things. So like Kong walks up to like this giant temple and he puts his hand up on the doors and he sees like another, another, you know, giant Kong hand on the door. And that's what tells him it's a door and he pushes it open and you kind of see like, it's this like giant temple. And in my head, I was like, I'm sorry. Did a group of Kongs build this giant temple? Because <laughs> there weren't people down here building this temple. So immediately, I started thinking. So Kongs built uh, like a, a whole bunch of giant apes built a temple in the center of the earth, which caused me to have images of giant apes with hard hats on, like and blueprints on clipboards, like scratching their monkey asses and heads, trying to figure out whether this pillar should go there for the best support or that pillar should go there for the best support. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like it's at this point where they find like this energy source that the bad guy has been looking and for. Fancy axe. Yeah, so 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 they were looking for this energy source the entire time. Um, the the bad guy was the 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 CEO of Apex because he's been powering his new machine. His new machine is Mecha Godzilla. Obviously, uh, if you're if you're still here for spoilers, you you are completely in on that point now. And you know, Mecha Godzilla is essentially being powered by the skull of of Monster Zero. Monster Zero was Ghidorah in King of Monsters. Uh, and we know that they that someone had the skull of that monster because Charles Dance found it in the post credit scene of King of Monsters, uh, and they're essentially using that power. But because it's it's from a dead skull, it still it still holds the power, but it's dwindling, and it's not enough to power the Mecha Godzilla. So they want to find the same power source that that essentially powers Godzilla and put it into this Mecha Godzilla so that they can power it and it can fight both the monsters. They, 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 that's the whole point of getting Kong down there was so that Kong could lead apex to the power source. And when he finally does, they put out this tiny little robot Jay. And what this little robot does is it takes a small sample of the power source and it downloads the information from it. Mm-mm-mm. It then emails essentially uh, or, or, or sends that information to apex which is up higher on the surface. So first off, the internet is working in the center of the earth. Yeah, I mean, it, you, it, it works. Sends, it, it doesn't work in your apartment. It sends or faster in my house. than a, than a Dropbox file. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Jay's Dropbox file takes twenty minutes to get to me. However, from the center of the earth to to the surface, it takes just a split second. And not only that is. It, it's not sending the sample. It's just sending information of the sample there. And that is enough for them to be like, we got it. We got the power source for Mecha Godzilla. And it's like, but you downloaded power? Because my phone's low on battery as we speak right now. 
I can't reach out into the Wi-Fi ether and start downloading power. My laptop's low on power. I can't just download power. That's not how anything works in the world at all. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. <laughs> you can't just download power, but they do. And all of a sudden, Mechagodzilla gets more powerful. What they didn't plan on was that extra bit of, of mind control that Ghidorah had on Mechagodzilla. And now Ghidorah controls Mechagodzilla and not the, not the pilot chosen by Apex. So I had huge problems with being able to download power. And then literally as, as we're at the final fight, so Godzilla and Kong fight in Hong Kong and they're punching each other and stuff like that. And it's all great. Uh, then Mechagodzilla shows up when Mechagodzilla shows up. Jay, did you notice that like, it kind of like opened its mouth and it literally went dun, dun, dun. No, it audibly, it, it in the score it audibly like yeah, it literally like made a mechanical sound that equated to wah, wah, wah. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah, of of fucking course. <laughs> Uh, so then during this fight, um, you know Kong essentially loses to Godzilla. Godzilla beats the crap out of him, steps on his chest, uh, and and essentially stops his heart. And because his heart rate is slowing down, they then take this magical ship that looks like a Tron light cycle and put it on Godzilla's, ch- uh, put it on Kong's chest to defibrillate him. <laughs> and I was just like, I understand that they said that it could power the entire city of Las Vegas and stuff like that. That's how powerful this ship was. But this, like, this is how, like, there's power lines all over the place. Why couldn't you have just, like, collected power lines and defibrillated them? Like, why did we have to use this this ship, which I already was dubious about the existence of anyway? Um, during that fight with, with uh, Godzilla, if you notice, Kong has his shoulder dislocated, mm-hmm. right? Uh, <laughs> oh, so yeah. after he gets defibrillated, he wakes up. He's holding his arm like, fuck, man, my shoulder's all fucked up. He walks over to a building and he slams his his shoulder into the building, thus popping it back into place. He pulls a Martin Riggs from Lethal Weapon 2. And I want to know who taught this monkey 1980s action movie first aid. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the things I, I, I questioned really hard. I was like, it's in his bones. you know, <laughs> maybe while he was down there in the Kong temple that was expertly engineered by Kongs of the past, he, he also found an anatomy book on himself. <laughs> and then Kong and, and Godzilla kind of team up to fight Mecha Godzilla. And I got a kick out of the way that they, they like tag team fought him. They kind of like they grabbed his arm and, and each one grabbed an arm of Mechagodzilla. And they just kind of like 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 the way like a tag team wrestler would would grab the other arm and they whipped him into the ropes. They were whipping him into buildings. And that's not a knock. I liked that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally to to essentially uh, disturb the connection to to Mechagodzilla for, from the power source. They like 
you know, Billy Bobby Brown, the podcaster, and and the fucking kid from Hunt from the Water People, they can't figure out what to do. So they do this the the equivalent of shooting a lock in Star Wars. So like in Star Wars, when you shoot a lock, it'll either open the door like you need it to, or it'll permanently lock the door like you need it to. It's plot convenient. So they essentially just dump single malt whiskey scotch onto a motherboard and they're like boom we just cut the power fixed and it did exactly what we wanted it to do (laughs) so like that's what i mean when i say like all the plot heavy bullshit just gets in the way of what i really want to see which is kong with an axe that is made out of a godzilla backplate smashing the shit out of a fucking giant lizard that's all i ever wanted to see in this movie and i got it and i got it in spades and i'm, I'm so happy and we have that a clear-cut winner godzilla wins godzilla won but kong won my heart I, i'm team uh, kong, of course man. well so am i so am i i'm definitely uh team kong as well um, I mean this this was Batman v Superman right because like because like in the end you know like I know Superman saves the day and like he he dies sure. uh, you know fight, fighting you know uh, fighting Doomsday and stuff like that but it's Batman who becomes the heart of the story right it's Batman who sure. wants to carry that legacy on but and that's it's like, what it's, also it's makes Kong sense that comes to, as yeah, character Kong, wise you know? right, Kong comes and saves the day for Godzilla right like so like did did Godzilla really win? Because he couldn't beat the giant robot, but Kong sure as shit could beat the giant robot. So I, I don't know if there's a, a clear defined winner. I think they did a good job of like spreading it out of like who is the better the better Titan. I I, I still I, I get you. I think they did a good Kong job. Lost. Yeah, Kong lost more than he won for sure. But you know, yeah, Kong's but also the people's champion. Hong He's Kong, just the people's champion. Godzilla, you know, didn't kill him. He could have. He got up and let him go. If you smell what the Kong (laughs) is cooking. (laughs) I was with it. I was with it. Um, You know, I, I, but like one of the things like I got from like the end of this movie was I was like, I waited for a post credit scene. We got a post credit scene scene in Kong Skull. I only got a post credit scene in in uh, King of Monsters, so I was expecting a post-credit scene here. What's next for these two Titans? Turns out nothing. Warner Brothers doesn't know where to go with it from here. From the second they started Godzilla Dave, they in spent 2014, a fortune. I know on this universe, it's a miracle that we even got to this film. Right from from the second from the second they started this entire thing, this is the this is where they wanted to get to, and now that they've gotten here. They don't know what to do with it. Now, it's still a hugely successful franchise. First off, it's gonna it's gonna slay it overseas. It's gonna it's gonna do gangbusters overseas. That's fine. Um, here in America, it is the highest grossing film released during the pandemic with an opening weekend of nine point six million dollars, which is something previously before pandemic we would scoff at. Like, right? Like Avengers hundred million dollars opening weekend. Like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Nine point six. But that's higher than any other movie during the pandemic. So it's obviously essentially a hit, but at the same time, you know, they don't know where to go with it from here. And I don't know where to go with it from here. There are some Godzilla villains who we haven't gotten to. Like, do we split them off now? Right. Does Kong go off and have his own adventures? Does Godzilla go off and have his own adventures? And we'll have to work on bringing them back together in a new storyline. Like should should Kong, should should Godzilla versus Kong be like a, a an every five to ten year event? 
Should we just let them go off and do their own thing for a while and then come back together? I don't know. Warner Brothers doesn't know. And that's 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 the thing. Yeah, this this movie was highly ridiculous, but also cathartic and enjoyable at the same time. <laughs> so I I want more of it. I'm fine with it. Um I'm I I I don't I don't go I, I go into it questioning it because I think it's funny to look at these stupid plot points of of these films and laugh at them. But I also think it's really fun to see the level of detail that they put into it, into these fight scenes and stuff like that. And I still get something out of that too, which is why it's a B minus and not a C minus, like it is for Jay. <laughs> <laughs> um so I want more. But like when do we get that? Like and, and how does Warner Brothers proceed? I don't think Warner Brothers knows whether they have the funds to do that or not. You're not going to see anything like this for at least another five years. Yeah, because we'll talk about it in our news uh, in our news episode, which is the next episode you guys will hear. Warner Brothers is canceling movies because like we are now getting into the time where like we have a ton of movies that are still to come out in 2021 and early 2022, but those movies were all greenlit and the money was was found and and used before the pandemic had hit. But now, going into 2023, 2024, the movies that we were supposed to get then, a lot of them are going to get canceled. And that's when we will feel the the effects of the lack of revenue coming in during the entire pandemic. So that's going to do it for Super Movie Bros this time around. I want to thank all of you for listening. If there's any plot point or any part of uh, Kong Skull Island that you either disagree with what we said or you just want to add to the conversation, you can reach out to us on social media. You can check me out on Twitter. I'm at SuperMoviePod. I am on Twitter, J underscore SMB, on Instagram, SuperMoviebros, and Facebook, SuperMoviebros Podcast. Of course. And then we are part of a network. We are part of the Age of Radio Podcast Network. So make sure that you head over to ageofradio.org. There you can find Super Movie Bros and all the rest of the shows that are part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network. And I want to find and I want to drop one final uh one final line, one final thing. Uh as we mentioned before, our good friend Mark Dickerson. You guys may remember him as the guy who joins us for movie cocktails. Uh I have been in talks with him to get that back up and running. So we should be coming back very soon to doing movie cocktails. But Mark Dickerson wrote a book. It's a dark comedy book, and it's called Art Farm. So if you guys would like to check out a book that was written by one of our podcasting one of our friends. Own. Yeah. Yeah, one of our own. I will put a link in the description of this episode to the Amazon page where you can either buy the book on Kindle for $5.99 or you can purchase it on paperback. Um, so I'll put a link in there for you guys to check it out. Um, you can read the description, decide whether it's for you. I've already I've already read through the description and I was like, fuck fucking A. Yeah. I'm definitely buying this book because it's 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 funny, it's dark, it's humorous, like it's it, it's it's everything that I have within me. And Mark and I have always have always had similar similar mindsets, and yeah. I think that this is the type of book that's going to speak to me. So if 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 I speak to you, if this show speaks to you, maybe this book might speak to you as well. So uh, check out Art Farm. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.